Guys, in the doctor's office, I literally said, my friend sent me this. What's she talking about? What's a vaginal topical cream? And the doctor said, you're so cute. Like, that's so sweet. She's like, your generation really wants to talk about this stuff. But in the past, there's been such a stigma and a taboo around this that women like don't really talk about this. And I'm like, why? I said, what's the vag vaginal cream for? And she's like, um, well, it's not for just the dryness. She said, when your body stops to stops producing estrogen, your vaginal lining, like your vaginal wall starts to get dry and brittle and basically like extremely painful. It starts to kind of like deteriorate. She said, and I'm not talking about like, oh, it's dry. So lubrication can fix it. I'm talking about it's like chipping away at your vaginal wall. So sex becomes so painful that women stop having sex. And I said, you're telling me my vagina is going to break. <laughs> Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. I'm Janelle. And I'm Eddie. And we're the Copelands. We are entrepreneurs, parents, business and life coaches. Lifelong learners is so much more. On this podcast, we share some of our best and worst experiences. <laughs> From raising kids to building businesses or having a career you always dreamt of, we tackle it all. And all the funny moments in between. Look, life can be a challenge and sometimes you just need the right friends to help you push through. Pushing you to the right mindset and perspective that shifts life in your favor. So if you're like us and you're always looking to grow, laugh, and dream big, this is the place for you. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle Copeland. And I am E-C-J, no, E-J-C. E oh Damn, God. I messed up my initials. You don't even know who the hell you are. <laughs> who am I? Who am I? That's okay. Um, I am Eddie, and I'm glad to be here. Well, I'm glad that you're here, too. Yeah. So we have a really interesting title for this podcast. What is the title? Tell us. I think the title is going to be um, something about a broken vagina. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a broken vagina, just so we're clear. Okay, But um, there's been some interesting topics of conversation that we've been having lately, like as a couple, um, you know, getting ready to celebrate birth birthdays. We're in our forties and a lot of it just stems from like curiosity and just like, well, what happens? Like we're empty nesters now we're having a great time. And then there's all this other stuff that people keep talking about, like doom and gloom, like as you get older, mm -hmm. um, you know, everything from like men losing testosterone to, mm -hmm. um, what's the, the term? Uh, erectile dysfunction, right. menopause, like all this stuff. And so we've kind of gone down this rabbit hole recently. Yeah. And, you know, I, I want to say this to, to people listening. I think it's important. Like, I don't think and when we were in our 30s or 20s, I ever gave any thoughts about hormones. Right. Right. And as we continue to kind of go down this rabbit hole of making sure that the next half of our life we can enjoy with really great health mm -hmm. kind of led us to this place. And then obviously, you know, you can kind of tell your story a little bit, but led us to this place of trying to better understand how our bodies will change and what things we can do to um, defy the odds or yeah. to, <laughs> to I just stay think, young like, or, you know, I mean, I understand that there's a, there's always going to be this feeling of um, keeping your youth mm -hmm. or restoring your youth. And I think that from all of our research, the United States is leading the game and trying to do this, right? Like we are not great with 
aging where other societies aging is is accepted mm-hmm. it's regarded as like you you are you're held into high esteem mm-hmm. uh, but in america we're like no 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 we're like no i'm having a facelift at 40 i'm i want to look like i'm 20 when i'm 80 Right. And it's just really interesting. 100%. So let me just back up and give you some context. And I think if you're a man listening, super important. I listened to a podcast the other day. It was called Diary of a CEO. Mm. And um, the host had on a female doctor, and I'm forgetting her name, uh, Mindy Pels, I think is her name. I actually asked her to be on the podcast with us. Because the conversation was so insightful, it brought me to tears. And, you know, he was a male interviewer interviewing a female doctor about fasting. And about an hour into the conversation, she divulges the fact that a lot of the studies that we're doing around fasting are great for men, but not necessarily great for women, especially during that time of the month, mm. during your menstrual cycle, or especially like if you're menopausal. Right. And so he asked the most amazing questions and was just genuinely intrigued. He was like, well, I don't have a period, but I have a girlfriend who obviously menstruates. Like, what do I need to know? Do I need to know anything about when women have their periods? And she was like, well, don't you want to know when it's a good time to have sex with your girlfriend? Right. Don't you want to know when it's a good time to make a life altering decision or an investment or have an argument? Like there are certain times of the month. And so at one point during the interview, he literally gets a notebook and it's like, okay, go day one. <laughs> she's like one through five. You need to do X, Y, Z. Right. And I thought, oh my God, this is so good because as a man, he was really like thankful for this information and then at some point he's like why don't we get taught this and she's like well it's not only men that don't learn about women's cycles and you know all of the things that women go through but also women don't really learn about this stuff and so if you have you know like I have daughters it was really important for me to teach them you know what was going to happen to their body as they went through puberty everything I mean we discussed everything super uncomfortable things like pubic hair what to do grooming periods all of those things because I just never wanted them to not be in the know right and when they were there's nothing worse when you're young oh, and you see things changing and you don't have anyone and to talk to you don't know what to. it's about right and, and maybe in the house it's become tab- taboo right and all of a sudden you're figuring out all these things from other kids your yeah. age and that's and not you're good. Friends, like your peer group in elementary school, they have no clue what's going on either, right? right? And so I just remember when I sent my girls to elementary school, I I had the talk with them around eight years old because my sister started when she was nine. Mm -hmm. And like fun fact about me and my period, I don't know if I, I think I shared this with you. My first kiss was with this boy that lived around the corner from my mom's house. And we would, I'd play outside. I'm doing air quotes, but I, I was like 12. And I'm outside hanging out with him and I definitely liked him. He liked me. So one night before it's time for me to go in, I had my first kiss and I was like all giddy about it, whatever. I go in, take a shower, go to bed and I wake up the next morning and I had started my period. And I was like hysterical. (laughs) I was like, this is what happens when you like boys, like when you kiss a boy. And I was certain my mom was going to (laughs) know. Right. And so I I, I told her I was like, I remember just being so scared because she hadn't had the conversation with me. I don't know why. Right. And I then, you know, then she kind of opens up, tells me what to do. So now I had a freaking school with this like diaper in my underwear. Like it was just so devastating. Right. So I wanted my kids to never have to like be 
like shocked by that. Right. So I'd say around eight, I bought a special book. We did all the special stuff, science, including science and pro- projects and stuff with right. like pads and tampons. I think I did a good job with that. You did. And then I started sending them to school with a couple of pads in elementary. So that way, if one of their little girlfriends started, they would know how to keep them calm and talk to them and tell them it was natural. So I say all this to say like women go through some fucked up things <laughs> and I wanted my daughters to be equipped. Right? right. And so we had these conversations and as they get older, we talk about a lot of detailed things, particularly with Jordan. She's a lot more open. A couple like the last couple of years, we've been going down the like vaginal health aisle doing like little vlogs and stuff like mom, more people need to talk about vaginal uh, vaginal health. I'm like, you're absolutely right. Like, let's do it. So it's just been a fun yeah. kind of thing. But, it, you know, it's, it's interesting because I think what you're talking about, especially with, you know, young girls starting that mm-hmm. the, the, their menstrual cycles, but also like the lack of information around that comes full circle when they come to the end of having a menstrual cycle, mm-hmm. like when you get into your 40s and your 50s, right. which we'll talk a little bit about. But well, th- we that could, is a fascinating thing. We could kind of jump into that because like menopause is one of those things. I just like, I don't know what that is. Right. I don't. But when you talk to older women my whole life, um, it's been like, oh, honey, when you get there, you'll know. Mm-hmm. It's just very like vague and right. like this weird kind of thing. And so. I started getting curious, like just, I, I guess when I hit 40 and my doctor was like, ah, you've got some ways to go. Like you don't need to worry about anything, but it's just a natural part of what women go through and you'll be okay. And I was like, okay, well do I, um, how would I know? And he's like, trust me, you'll know. <laughs> so like this guy is telling me the same thing that a lot of other women are telling me. And I'm just like, okay, well I guess when you know, you know, right. right. And so to give you context in like, Growing up after I was 12 and I had my period, I've had my period for, you know, all these years and I never had PMS. I never had cramps. I never had like a heavy flow. I had a really good like I I was lucky. Right. There's a lot of women that have like fibroids. They get really bad cramps. I was just talking to my sister about it yesterday poor kid starts at nine when she's 12. I remember her laying on the couch crying and my mom giving her Vicodin Wow! because her cramps were so bad. And I was like skipping to school. Like, okay. <laughs> see you later, loser. Like <laughs> I, you know, I just was like, God, some people get the shitty end right, of this and right. that sucks. But look, why are we not like helping our young girls with this? I don't know. Right. So now they have like a leave and stuff like that. I promise if you're a guy, you should still stick around and listen to this conversation because well, it's not that, just about that. Right. It's not just about that. And I think guys are always this is why I think, you know, there's not a lot of conversation. There's a disproportionate, disproportionate amount of like funding around all these things around women, hormones versus men. Mm-hmm. Like, like because men are like, oh, well, that's something women have to deal with. And right. So we kind of excuse ourselves. And, then and we, you motherfuckers think it has nothing to do with you. Right. And it and has a lot to truth, do right. because like your hormones are super important to you because they regulate everything in your body, mm-hmm. how you metabolize, how you build muscle, how you have, you know, all these things, you know, from but a sexual standpoint. But why should you standpoint. care about a man Be- or as a man? Because if you're in a relationship with a woman yeah. and you are wondering why, hey, she's not in the best mood, she doesn't have the same energy or, you know, something's Sex up, or something or, changed mm-hmm. with her, right? Like all those things you should know about so that there's a le- level of understanding, but also you can be on the pursuit for answers mm-hmm. as well as her so that, you you know, people have to do a lot of things alone. And the yeah. last thing you want to do is be in a relationship and something like your hormones 
are impacting your relationship, but you feel like you're alone right. and figuring it out. And I think that's why you need to stay and listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> but also I've been talking to you about like after right. 40, you have to get your prostate checked. Like you're not good as a man about taking yourself to the doctor. It's mm-hmm. one of those things. I have to set the appointments for you. And I want you, like I told you, I am not your mother. Like, right. I want to be sexually attracted to you. I don't want to have to be your mom. I can't right. be your mom and also have sex with you. It's gross, right? <laughs> so you have to take control of your own health, but also I want to do it with you as a partner. Right. So get your pro- prostate checked, right? right. And, uh, you know, it's just interesting. We want to, in the future, have doctors on to come and unpack these conversations with us. But I think they're all going to say, your partner needs to know what things you're going through and you need to be supportive and blah, blah, blah. So to give you context in 2018, let's say I started having really heavy periods right? and I was like, what is wrong with me? Like something is changing drastically. I don't understand. And I was only 40 at the time, I think. And, um, and the doctor was like, oh, well sometimes, you know, your flow changes and you can go on birth control pills that should take care of it. And I go, why would I go on birth control pills when my husband's had a vasectomy? And that's another conversation. Like, should men have vasectomies? Yes or no? What is your answer? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, like sidebar, when we decided you were going to have a vasectomy, I want to say it was your idea. And we just knew we didn't want to have kids anymore. So why not? Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I just didn't really know about it. And we had a friend um, whose husband was talking about it. He goes, oh, yeah, I got it done. I was in and out. Super quick. In and out. Really? Okay. And then we did some research on it. I was like, yeah, this is the right thing to do. And I said, let's be clear. You got three daughters. Like, if we don't work out, do you really want to start over and have, like, child support with some other woman? Like, that's (laughs) awful. So we laughed about it and you had a vasectomy. It wasn't a big deal. But there are so many men out there that are like, oh, no, I'm not going to be, you know, the one to get anything snipped. And I think think there's a misconception that it it takes away your masculinity and all these things. That that has not What is this machismo bullshit of like constantly wanting to be able to reproduce if you wanted to? (laughs) What is that? Like, who's paying all this child support? Uh, like serious. I don't think it's so much about the uh, the ability to reproduce. Mm-hmm. I think it's tied to uh, the stigma of the someone stigma. touching your penis. No, I, I I think it in a pseudoscience of saying if if I can't generate sperm cells to re- reproduce, then I've probably lost you know testosterone. That- I'm, I'm less of a man, right? And so uh, that was not something I ever went through. Never thought that that mm-hmm. would would ever be the case. But I think people live their lives with this pseudoscience um involved with no type of research research or anything tied to it so Mm -hmm. uh, but i think that that's mostly what it's about okay so are you pro vasectomy i am pro vasectomy i I think that we talked about this because i was like we had a conversation like being on birth control forever does not seem right and and i'm a big person on like you should not be on medication forever right unless it's something that you just there's no other option Mm -hmm. Because I always, I, I constantly think that the right diet, the right food, right, the right supplements. supplements, all those things, you can get to a place where medication is not necessary. But like you had your um, thyroid thyroid removed, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, you took something out, you got to replace it with something. Right. So I get mm-hmm. that, right? But then things like, you know, asthma, all those things, I'm like, there's got to be some yeah. way that you can cure that. Mm-hmm. And so 
I think what I didn't want to see was you on birth control forever. It just well, I seem... was just annoyed that they kept pushing me to go on birth control when I didn't need to control my birth control. Like I wasn't going to get pregnant. Right. And so I kept advocating for myself when my periods got heavy and they were positioning that as though it was the only answer. Like, right. And I kept saying, no, tell me why I'm bleeding more. Like, why am I having more symptoms? Oh, well, as you get older, you know, your body changes. Okay, well, that's not good enough answer for me to start popping birth control pills with all these hormones that I don't really want in my body. Right. And that was one of the reasons why we had, you had the vasectomy. And so from 2008 till about 2000 or 2018, it might've even been 2016. Um, I kind of kept going to different doctors and trying to advocate and they tried all this stuff. I had a DNC, which for those of you that don't know, like men, like a DNC is a procedure where they think something's wrong with you. Um, they go in and you basically kind of have like an abortion without a fetus. Mm -hmm. Like they're scraping everything out. They clean you out. And so I had that procedure, super painful, not fun bullshit that I have to go through that because you can't tell me what's wrong with me. But if you think that's the only thing that'll fix me, it helps for a couple months and then it doesn't. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm back to the doctor trying to figure out. And then they said, well, the only way to really stop the bleeding is to give you a hysterectomy. And I was like, okay, what is that? Don't know. Why? Because I've been in my 20s and 30s and I haven't really needed to know what that is. Right. right? Just like when I was diagnosed when Jordan was two with like a tumor on my thyroid. What is your thyroid? Where is it? I thought it was in my thigh. (laughs) Like, I don't even know really much about it. You don't know a lot about things until it impacts you. Right. Well, can we also just pause? Because I think one of the things we would love for you to take from this conversation is like what Janelle's talking about is that the advocating and asking questions. And like, I think sometimes people feel like because a doctor is in a, in a place of authority mm-hmm. that I can't challenge the doctor, I can't ask questions or I don't know what questions to ask because I'm intimidated. Mm-hmm. And I think that one of the things that I really learned from you is this like this, hey, I'm entitled to ask these questions mm-hmm. because it is my body. And I and then I am of the the, the understanding that doctors are practicing, right? right? So they don't know everything, right? You're right? a practitioner, right? You, you you are a practicing right. medical, you know, knowledge and, they, and information. They read medical journals, they update their mm-hmm. knowledge, but in a lot of cases, your doctor, your one doctor, doesn't have all the answers for everything that's going on. Right. This is why they're specialists, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that it's important for people to know that and understand that, right? So, so that they advocate for themselves when necessary. Right. So in 2021, I finally had a hysterectomy. And basically for the men out there, like they'll go in and they'll remove your uterus so you can no longer carry kids. And then they said, well, we'll keep your ovaries in just so that way you don't go into menopause. And I was like, okay, well, doesn't every woman go into menopause? Can't we just get this over with type of thing? And they said, oh, you don't want to go through menopause earlier than you have to. And I was like, Okay, but why? Like, I don't understand. And it just, it was just vague. Like, yeah, let's not. Like, let's keep your ovaries just in case, you know, it'll throw your hormones out of whack. That was the answer. So I was like, okay, fine. They know best, whatever. So I left my ovaries and I stopped having periods, but I was no longer able to reproduce. So fast forward, that was in 2020. The end of 2023, I'm not joking you, I had a party with a bunch of girlfriends And I don't know if you even know this, but there's this myth or maybe it's true. I don't know where if you're a woman and you have a certain menstrual cycle, 
But if you're in an office or working mm. with a bunch of women, they'll suck you into their cycle. You sync up. And you sync up. Right. Did you know that? I did yeah. know about that. I don't I don't even know what that is. Like why? It's like a sink of hormones or something. <laughs> it's so, gotta be something that, that dates back to so the, weird prehistoric time or something. Yeah. So yeah, I've never it's... worked with all women until I became an entrepreneur right. and owned my own business and had women working for me. And then I was like, Oh, you guys all sunk on the same schedule. Like this is so weird. Anyways, end of December this past year, I had a party with a bunch of girlfriends, like 30 girlfriends. And I just remember that night I was like, why am I so hot? Mm -hmm. And everyone was like, oh, you're moving around this and that. Next morning I wake up. I am so hot. And so I'm like, I think those bitches like sunk <laughs> me into their, their, uh, you know, their, uh, I don't even know, their cycle. Thank right. you. And I was like, what is going on? And so I called an older friend and she was like, oh, well, you'll know, like, you'll know what a hot flash is. Like being hot is not the same as a hot flash. And I was like, and then also everyone was telling me I'm too young. Right. And so I was like, okay, too young, but I don't understand. Like the average age of a woman going through menopause is 52. I'm 45. And so long story short, I was like, something is not right here. So I asked another friend and she was like, well, here's a name of a doctor that I have. That's a hormone therapist. She can definitely run a blood panel on you check and then you can see what your hormone levels are. So I did that almost immediately a couple weeks later. Why? Because Christmas rolls around and I'm like in a sports bra and biker shorts and I'm burning up. Mm -hmm. So I'm always cold normally. I'm super anemic. I always have sweaters on. I knew immediately something was wrong with me when I was hot, right. kicking the covers off. And so I go do bl a blood panel and then I go to read the results with this doctor. And she was lovely. I'm mm -hmm. just going to tell you. You went with me. I was thankful for that. And she said, I would normally tell you that you're nowhere near menopause because of your age, but because you had a hysterectomy a couple of years ago and because I'm looking at your blood level of all of your hormones, you're officially a menopause. And I was mm. like, okay, what does that mean? Like literally, what does it mean? Right. And she said, well, that means based on your results that your body is no longer like able to reproduce. We knew that after your hysterectomy, but your hormone and your testosterone levels are really low. And she's like, talk to me about how you've been feeling. I'm like, okay, hot. Like, that's number one. Like, I, I'm having a tough time regulating my body temperature. And she's like, yeah, that's one of the symptoms everyone talks about, but it's not really the most important. And I was like, okay, well, explain to me what even is menopause? And she said, it's when, you know, your body decides it wants to stop reproducing, your period will stop. Yes, you can get hot flashes, but basically your body is deciding to stop um, producing like the certain levels of testosterone and estrogen, which you're used to. And just like if you were deficient in vitamin D, you would take a supplement. You know, we help you with that supplementation to bring you back up to the levels where you were. And I was right. like, OK, that makes 100 percent sense to me. Right. We're at the age you and I where we've decided like health is the most important thing. Right. So we're not going to worry about a budget when it comes to health. Right. We're going to buy organic. We're going to have the gym memberships. We're going to do Pilates if we want. Right. And so going to this doctor, it's an out of pocket thing. It's not right. something my insurance covers, but I wanted to do it. So she goes on to tell me, I said, so what happens when your body stops producing these hormones? And she's like, well, a lot of things happen. So 
Number one, if you are no longer producing estrogen, you'll notice that your female body parts start to lose sensitivity. Have you had that? And I was like, "Mm, I mean, maybe, kind of, I don't know. I've also been married 20 years, you know, like, is it the partner, like the same partner? (laughs) I don't know. Is it me? I mean, (laughs) you know, I don't know. And so she's like, well, how about like dryness? I was like, yeah, not really. Like, I mean... So I'm not having a lot of these symptoms, but these come with it over time. And so then she said, well, how about your mood? Like, have you been sad? Have you been upset? Have you been because testosterone directly impacts your mood? And I was like, well, come to think of it, I've been kind of sensitive lately. Mm -hmm. Well, how about like your focus? Because brain fog is a huge contributor to like lack of hormones. And I was like, well, I have been kind of questioning what the hell I'm going to do with my life for the last like two years. So as she's asking me these questions, I'm starting to put like, you know, things together. And for the last two years, I can kind of string it together. But I've chalked it up to, oh, that's just stress. Oh, I'm outgrowing a passion. Oh, I'm in a transition. Like, oh, I need to figure out like what's going to bring me joy, like all of this stuff. And then I'm like, okay, so what do I do? And you know, what happens? And she's like, well, we can supplement it with hormone therapy, which is what we do here. And then all I could think about was all of the women that can't afford an out of pocket expensive visit to a doctor for hormone therapy. And that just really hurt my heart. And so I was like, okay, well, what happens long term if I don't do this? And she said, well, eventually let's talk about the estrogen. If you don't have estrogen in your body, your female parts are going to basically lose sensitivity. Your hair will not have like the nutrients that it needs. So it'll start to thin. Your skin kind of loses its glow and your skin starts to get dry, which create wrinkles. And I'm like, yeah, no, like I, this is not something Botox helps with. This is just like gonna happen. She's like, yeah, it definitely speeds up the process of aging. Also, testosterone is going to make sure you don't lose any weight. Your lack of testosterone will not help you regulate your metabolism. She goes, so do you work out? I'm like, yeah, I work out five days a week. I lift heavy weights. She goes, are you having trouble losing weight? Yeah. And everyone's telling me, oh, it's because you're getting older. Well, no, it's because my body's not producing testosterone anymore, which directly impacts my mood. So then the big kicker, you guys, is I said, so what happens long term when people don't find doctors like you or they can't afford you? And she said, well, they wind up um, mostly unable to have sex. And I was like, wait, what? And she said, okay, so then this is another like little sidebar, a girlfriend that I asked, hey, you know, you're older than me. Can I ask you some questions about menopause? Like in a text message, she said, oh, honey, you're so sweet. You'll know when you're there. But just so you know, they're rough years, like Mm -hmm. basically like buckle up. It was the worst part of my life. She tells me this. And then I said, well, how are you now? And she's like, well, I'm fine now. I just use a topical vaginal cream. And so you guys in the doctor's office, I literally said, my friend sent me this. What's she talking about? What's a vaginal topical cream? And the doctor said, you're so cute. Like, that's so sweet. She's like, your generation really wants to talk about this stuff. But in the past, there's been such a stigma and a taboo around this that women like, don't really talk about this. And I'm like, why? I said, what's the vag- vaginal cream for? And she's like, um, well, it's not for just the dryness. She said, when your body stops to stops producing estrogen, your vaginal lining, like your vaginal wall starts to get dry and brittle. And basically 
like extremely painful. It starts to kind of like deteriorate. She said, and I'm not talking about like, oh, it's dry. So lubrication can fix it. I'm talking about it's like chipping away at your vaginal wall. So sex becomes so painful that women stop having sex. And I said, you're telling me my vagina is going to break. <laughs> like I was almost in tears. And she goes, well, I've never heard anyone say that. But yeah, I guess a broken vagina would be the right term. Yeah. I, that is Sounds a broken, broken. out-of-order vagina. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Like, how do we stop this? And she's like, hormone therapy. Again, all I can think of is, okay, well, I'm going to do this no matter right. how much it costs. Right. I'm not even getting permission with a budget. <laughs> but what about the other women that cannot afford this? Which I'd say is like 90% of the women in the world right. oh, well, don't have the resources. And one of the things that that you, I mean, obviously this entire story is like, I'm like blown away, right? And I'm like, that is huge because the things you didn't m mention is like loss of mus uh, bone density, mm -hmm. right? So Which osteoporos causes osteoporosis. Right, osteoporosis. Um, right? It causes your brain fog and your lack of focus and all of this like brain uh, stuff women, causes yeah. Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's for women. So women lead the charge when it comes to Alzheimer's over men. And you, you can't help but under, like see the correlation with hormones, the change in your body, right. the, the, all the things. And then, you know, a, a lot of things go misdiagnosed in, in, in our medical field, right? Mm -hmm. And so you come in and you have this 30-year-old woman going to the doctor talking about all these things. And the last thing is that anyone's thinking about is they're going through early menopause, right? right? But also I think that if young women now don't find a way to figure out where their levels are because mm -hmm. the reality is, is our food, our environment, uh, the, the lifestyle we have in 2024, right? We're, it's possible that you could be struggling with low estrogen or low testosterone mm -hmm. early on, right? Right, And then you think about the, the changes of, uh, that it has on your body and then you couple that with that goes un- uh, undetected, undetected for un a decade you know you know yeah, uh, for right and then you all of a sudden now you're getting ready now for you've menopause got alzheimer's and then now you're really messed up right and so i think that that is something i think is super important especially for women like yourself when you're 20 25 and you're a go-getter mm -hmm. right and you like you want to achieve things you step into that you know, that masculine energy and, and you're trying to achieve things and all of a sudden the mindset that you have that's been positive, that's been helpful, that has got you to this point is now starting to get interfered with, with something that you can't even control. Well, I'm used to pushing through. Right. I'm used to like figuring things out. Like I thrive in that environment. And so through more research, it's been found that women now, if you're feminist, right? Like, which I'd say we're all feminists because we've got daughters. We want them to be strong and independent and feel like they could have the careers of their dreams. But what's happening now is like women who are extremely driven in their 20s and 30s, who are go-getters, who are like high achievers, they're having the worst time in yeah. their 40s going into menopause because you hit like this brick wall where your concentration is disrupted, your focus is like, like I was like, okay, I've turned off notifications, I've got no social media. Like, why can I not focus? And I'm beating myself up, feeling like something's broken in me right. when really it's been my hormones this whole time. Right. And so, you know, it's just so important for you to like pay attention to your body, but also advocate for your health and then do your research for answers. And so everyone kept telling me you're too young to be in menopause. I'm like, okay, 
well, then I'm just crazy, right? right? And so, again, just to give you symptoms, because also in this doctor's office, there were a lot of men in the waiting room, too. So just quickly, estrogen, loss of estrogen for women is going to cause some sort of hot flashes, night sweats. That's like the least of my concern is being hot. But vaginal dryness, having a broken vagina, a thinning vaginal canal, like that's awful. Mood swings. Um, sleep problems like so many women talk about insomnia hair thinning dry skin you know wrinkles premature wrinkles loss of breast fullness female part sensitivity moving on to testosterone well can we just stop, stop there uh-huh like what you just named all these things mm-hmm. impact your how you feel about yourself right uh-huh right if you're vaginal wall is thinning and, and you can't connect with your partner the way you want to and all of a sudden let's just say you don't understand why this has changed mm-hmm. and, and you're telling them it hurts, you can't do it. And all of a sudden your partner's now feeling like they're not loved, right. that you don't care about them uh, or you're making up things so that you don't want to be intimate. Yeah. Like all those things are those real Those can for destroy people. your marriage 100%. though. So when I left this doctor's office, like I literally got in the car and you and I had a 10 hour long conversation about this and I want to thank you for like it's you're not only supporting me, but you're learning information for yourself, too, right. because our marriage is like our number one concern right now and our number one focus as new empty nesters. Right? right. And so like I'm listening to this lady telling me that potentially I'm going to have a broken vagina. I was like, let me tell you something. I'm a new empty nester. I'm having sex constantly with my husband. Like I can't have a broken <laughs> vagina. What's wrong with you? And why are other women okay with broken vaginas? And she said, we're not okay with it. The problem is there's no funding for us. And Mm -hmm. she goes on to tell me the doctor that I'm seeing says, you know, that by law, like Congress has passed laws that are, um, you know, basically designed to protect the reproductive rights of men. So if a man walks into any general practitioner and expresses any concern with erectile dysfunction, it's covered by insurance 100% of the time. They're going to give you Viagra, whatever it is that you need. By law, they have to protect male reproductive rights. Right. And she said there's not one law passed for women. Nothing mm. that helps preserve your vagina that helps this is why it's preserve your mental health right. that helps preserve she says there's nothing we need people to advocate for this we need women to raise money we need laws to change and i was like let me get this straight if a man can't get his penis hard he gets a medication and a cure but women have to bleed every month for the whole their whole like adult life and then you get thrown into this thing that no one wants to talk about cuz it's awful and then your vagina breaks and you can't have sex and all i could think about again were like all the women that have gone before me that didn't have the resources didn't have the money didn't have hormone therapy and maybe their relationship, like you said, at that point, you start to feel less beautiful. Yeah. Oh, my God, I'm getting older there. He's going to write me off. And heaven forbid you don't have the words to articulate what you're going through with your husband or he's not supportive. And then he starts having an affair with a younger bitch right. who doesn't have a broken vagina. Right. Like that is enough to destroy you. 100%. So I'm going on and on to the doctor about this. And she said, did you know that? The highest, um, the age for women, female suicide is between the ages of menopause. 45 to 55 is the highest rate of of suicide for women. It's directly attributed to menopause. And I'm like on the verge of tears now. Like, so women think they're crazy. 
They start to go through all these hormonal changes. They are feeling like they're losing their mind. And then so I started to circle back with like my aunts, my grandma, my stepmom. And they all, my stepmom literally got emotional and she said it was the hardest time of my life. And I almost like got fired a bunch of times for really terrible, stupid decisions. And I can't attribute it to anything other than I was losing my mind. And then you got the other added pressure of like, um, women are a bitch, right? Mm -hmm. Like you got, you, you have male counterparts you work with, you have your, your spouse and they're like, why are you so emotional? Yeah. You're why? so moody. Right? Women and, are so moody. Oh, and, it must be that time of the month. A hundred percent. And then that has been normalized to, to say those things. But at the end of the day, like you, as your body's changing, like hormones are undefeated. Right. I mean, if a male loses testosterone, like they lose a lot of themselves. Yeah. Okay. So, so let's talk about it because yeah. she said, if your testosterone level is low for men and women, your libido gone, gone. That means you don't want to have sex period. Right. It's not even that you can't have sex. It's that you just don't have the it's desire not, it's not, to you're not interested. I was like, right. yeah, I'm interested. Right. Like I want to have sex with my husband for a very long time. I cannot have a broken vagina. <laughs> right. And also why are there men in your waiting room? Right? right. And she's like, well, cause men lose a lot of testosterone after 40 and there are tons of, of side effects that happen when a man's no longer producing testosterone. So we do testosterone therapy for men. Right. And so she's going on and on about like, I've got tons of men in my practice. I've got 80 year old women who are still vibrant, still going to the gym, still That's enjoying great. life, still, you know, try caring about their metabolism and the fact that they want to remain youthful and feel great into their 80s and 90s. And so symptoms for low testosterone, um, I said, reduced libido, lots of fatigue, lack of energy, weakness. You're always tired. Um, weight gain. Mm -hmm. So your metabolism basically just gives up. Um, mood swings for both men and women. Mm -hmm. And I think the mood swings come natural when your body starts to feel like shit and you have no energy. Yeah, I'm moody. Yeah. Like, and do I need a nap? Do I need, <laughs> right. what do I need? Right. Well, you need some testosterone. And, and the last one is when you um, have low testosterone, it decreases your bone density, which makes your bones weak, which causes older people to, you know, they fall or they twist their ankle. Now you've got a broken something, all these fractures and stuff. It's coming from low testosterone. Yeah. And <coughs> what's what, you know, I think that the, the low testosterone thing is, is super interesting because you know, testosterone is constantly seen as, oh, people use steroids and they have, you know, these emotional outlets. That guy's on roids. That's right. why he's freaking out. Right. And so it's all these things have been right in front of our faces. Right. But we have normalized the behavior in such a way that we have not associated with natural changes. Right. And I think that also, too, your, your hormones change can spike and peak all throughout the day. Right. And so. This is why sometimes you may have a night of sweats. Like, I didn't even realize that, that more, more times than not, it's not just the temperature of the room. Sometimes it is, but sometimes it's that you're having a spike of a hormone mm -hmm. while you're sleeping, which is creating the sweating, right? Well, can so I just say also, like, when you look at the, the symptoms for menopause, they're so weird. Like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, you get hot. Okay. I said, well, I woke up in a sweaty mess the other night. My husband did, too. Is he also in menopause? <laughs> And so the doctor did say that there's a form of manopause, but yeah. that would be, again, when your testosterone levels are low. And so all the symptoms 
are very vague to where men and women can both have right, those. Right. And so you just don't really know as a woman. Yeah, so. you're like, oh, you're, my husband, he flipped out over, you know, our yard yeah, yesterday. Yeah, like, why'd you get so angry? He's going through like, menopause. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and your testosterone's all But I would tell that. you, if, you know, if, if more men were on documents saying I have menopause, all of a sudden you would see... There'd uh, be a fucking cure. <laughs> there'd be a cure. And so that was my last rant to this doctor, and she was so patient with me. She spent probably 45 minutes answering all of my ridiculous questions about how not to break my vagina. <laughs> and I said, you know, I don't understand, as a mother of three daughters, as, like, someone who's got a mother, grandmother's aunt and stuff why the fuck is there not a cure for this and mm -hmm. she was like well i i don't know and yeah. i said she said i can tell you that there's no funding for research and even when a doctor tells you um because i said you know a doctor i asked a year ago about like hey what do i need to know about menopause he just basically told me oh you're gonna have to go through it like everyone else i said is he an asshole or what and she said well in his defense, in most cases, it's not that they're trying to downplay it or dismiss you. It's that when you go through um, school, there's only about four to six hours that we even spend on women's reproductive health. And so he's just not educated. There's not a lot of education or research around it. And that pissed me off even yeah, more. for sure. Because if men had to bleed once a month, there'd be a cure. Yeah. Guarantee it. If men had to go through menopause and you were going to lose your wife to a younger dude, you know, like you would, you guys would find a fucking right. cure. For God's sakes, your freaking penises, if they don't get hard, it's covered by law. Oh, we got a cure. And so I looked that shit up. I was like, okay, why is that covered for men? But what's the cure for, is there any research being done to find a cure for menopause? And it literally said menopause is a uh, natural thing that happens to women as they age. So there can be no cure for something that naturally happens. Whereas the research shows that impotence is a natural thing right. that happens with age. <laughs> But we found a fucking cure for that. Oh, well, you gotta I'm furious odds. about it. Right. Like we have fibroids. We've got all these issues like with things. And by the way, like I asked you, I said, do men feel superior? Like, do you feel like you're the superior sex? And you were like, well, no, I mean, we're equal. We're not actually equal because mm -hmm. none of you fuckers would be here without us. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you were like, well, you need our sperm. Yeah, <laughs> we bake it in the oven. We have to carry it for nine months. Like, we have yeah. to do all this stuff. Like we could literally have our own planet. Like if we just had semen flown in, we could just reproduce. Right. Send you back all the men. You couldn't do shit. You can't carry a baby. You can't do any of this. Why are we not protecting women is my case. Like. Well, I think this is the the obvious sign of of male privilege. I think that when you think about um, how our our world and our society, especially in the United States, is is male dominant, our government is male dominant. Um, you know the the lobbyists, mm -hmm. the the big pharma's that the people that, funding the, the research, right? And I think that that's the thing that people are are you know it's, it, it could be glossed over, but the reality is is hey, if I'm a if I'm a senator and I'm having this issue. And this is 1960, and I'm like, you know, we need to fund yeah. find you know, some this research around and scientific and, team. And, and all of a sudden, they've got the term it's erectile dysfunction. Mm -hmm. Oh, it can we, be reversed, it, right? And all of a sudden, now you look at, and even if you look up like the the size of the market of ED, it's it's you know it's a three billion dollar mm -hmm. industry per year. And I think that 
off something that's really cheap, yeah. right? Vi- Viagra and all these things are really, but really that's inexpensive. that's only because they've made it accessible they've to They've made men. it accessible for everyone, right? And it, especially, like you mentioned, if I can go into I don't have to do a blood test. I don't nope. have to do a hormone test. I just need to say, hey, it doesn't work when I want it to work. And you know what they're prescribing me- women that go in and they say, I haven't been feeling like myself. I'm kind of sad. Like, I don't know what it is. They put them on fucking antidepressants. Right. Oh, here's some Prozac. I don't need that. I need other things to preserve my vagina and right. my mental health. And like, I just feel like there should be a cure for this. But and it's so also, I'm so upset about but it. But it's also the, the the attitudes and the advocacy that you have to have of saying, no, I know I'm not feeling my best. I know I'm feeling sad, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to let you just put me on medication. Right. I want to get to the root cause of what's creating this. So is it a hormone change in my mm-hmm. body? Uh, like all these things do i need to do something different physically like all those things are important but i think when people don't ask those questions the easiest thing your doctor knows the most about and also i mean let's just be honest like our big pharma companies they have a lot to do with what the doctors say right and especially a lot of these um these hospitals are owned by large corporations now and the, you know, like we were just talking about not too long ago where the doctors now have they're in a productivity timer, right? They've got to get through their con- their yeah. each seven minutes, with seven each minutes patient. with each patient, move along, you know, and then all of a sudden, hey, if you have this patient that has this issue, give them this medicine, yeah. right? And I think that that is part of the problem mm-hmm. is that we're not geared on the, from a Western standpoint to find the cure for things. And it's just not something that uh, we even look for as a society. We just yeah. say, Fix my symptom. Fix my symptom. I don't want to be sad anymore. And then we don't actually say what's the, what's causing that. And I right. think that a lot of cases is these changes in your body. And you know, just for like context, like women make up more than half of the planet, and we are not spending even a fraction of the funding that is for women's health. Like it, it's the smallest, most minute right. amount that goes towards women's health and preventative measures to maintain like, you know, our reproductive organs or our mental health. But there's there's billions of dollars that are be spent, being spent on men, particularly around erectile dysfunction. Right. Like that should tell you women listening, like we need more women who are politicians. We need more women who are gynecologists or doctors or scientists. And so that just like brings me to like, what do we need to do? Do we need influencers who are doing like side by side, you know, things with scientists? Like what do we need to do to make women's health cool and fun? But we need more young women that are wanting to pursue fields of interest like these. And I think that that's the thing is young women don't know that this is what's in store for them. And so if you don't know, you don't pay attention. You're not asking questions. Mm -hmm. You're not pushing for those things. And I think more conversations like this, bringing these things to light to say that, hey, you may be struggling with something right now that's hormonal, Mm -hmm. that's hormonal uh, from a hormone standpoint that you need to solve for now. But also you need to be aware that these changes that you're happening, they are natural, but also there are ways that you can mitigate, you know, some of the, the major side effects. And I think the way this is different from like, even though it's not a cure, I think the hormone therapy is so, so important is because the relationship it has with Alzheimer's dementia and, you know, all those Osteoporosis. things, osteopor- all these things are inflammatory diseases that impact the brain and, and are impact your bones that, that I mean, they change your, the, the, your lifestyle and who you are for the last half of your life. Yeah. And so I think that, like my penis not working, you know, 
from what I can gather right now, is not going to impact my brain. But it's also but so you sorry going through your menopause. You know, in twenty years, it's a huge. We're wondering why you're having issues with memory, like all those things. Like all those things are related, and yeah. I think that we're not experts, but I think the more and more we're researching, we're saying, "Oh my goodness, right? This is fucked up. This is this is something that is really hampering women um, at a rate that is disproportionate for men." And I think like this is the best time to talk about it because like look at J Lo, she's like 54, I think. Um, Halle Berry is going through this. I guess one of my girlfriends said she's been talking about it a lot lately. Oprah is 70. Like I need Oprah to get on this with me. Well, let's right. let's create some funding. Like let's create some laws. Like things need to be changing. And so like I'm kind of spiraling down this path to be helpful for other women. But also like when I had my bakery, I had mostly women working for me. I hired a lot of young girls that were like 17, 18 in their early 20s. Those girls are now in their 30s and I'm like I need to talk to you about your vagina really quick. <laughs> And they're blown away. And every single girl that I talk to, including my daughters, like Jordan a couple years ago was like, mom, did you know that there's like science that shows that women go through puberty twice? Like once when you start your period and then another time when you're like 25 to 30, you, your body changes metabolism wise. And, um, and so I was like, wow, that's really cool. I do remember a second puberty. Mm. So anyways, when I called them recently and told them I need to talk to you about menopause, like no one talked to me about this. No one's still talking about it. Like there's all this vagueness around it. So let me tell you what your mom is learning. And Jordan goes, Oh mama, you're just going through third puberty. <laughs> and I was like, honey, you're right. And I'm going to make sure that you go through third puberty really well. Yeah. And so that's kind of the point of this, but also like I'm here to save the vaginas because it's just awful to think like my one of my girlfriends says, is this why the fuck like marriages after 25, 30 years like they break? A hundred percent. I think it has. Yeah. Especially if both partners are going through their own separate things. Mm -hmm. And I think that men are solving for the symptom of, you know, losing their ability to get to have an a, a erection. Mm -hmm. But I think that the hormones that are not there to maintain it on its own is not being solved for. And at the same time, the same thing for women. I also think I have a question around, do you think it's not talked about because there's a stigmatism for women revealing their age? And I know that sounds super well, it overly is. simplified. You know why? Because right? it, it's like this taboo stigma where if you see an older woman fanning herself, oh, she's old, she's middle-aged. Right. Oh, she must be going through the change. Right. Um, if someone's like, you know, mom is screaming at you or something. Oh, she's going through the change. It's like all of this like fun that we've poked at right. it. And so when women find themselves like me, like, oh, wait, I, I got put into this. Like I'm in my 40s. I shouldn't be doing this. Right. But I have to check myself because it's like, what do you mean I shouldn't be doing this? All women go through this. Why are we even making it this like awful thing? But also, like, what what are we supposed to yeah, expect? I mean, and like, but let's just play devil's advocate because I think that we are in a a society where everything has to be made sexy, mm -hmm. everything has to be made beautiful, and a woman talking about you know going through the change does not sound glamorous. It doesn't sound sexy. It sounds like it, you're old. It sounds like you're old, and so it's almost like you need to, to you have to brand this moment in your life mm -hmm. where I think that it's great that. You know, women that ha you know that are attractive, like uh, J Lo, like uh, Halle Berry, are talking about it because I think that that's going to be helpful for for women who look at them as beautiful, right. saying, "Well, they still have their beauty, and they're talking about this." 
and it, and I feel like they still have their uh, they've captured some of their mm-hmm. youth still. So maybe I can start talking. But about I'm it. like Beyonce, girl, you're about to go through this, right? Like you know, like at some point we'll all kind of come of age. But I think that. It's just awful that we have to go through this and you right. don't. And you asked me the other day, you said, don't, do you think that God has some explaining to do? And I was like, yes, honey. Yes, I do. And so we're making the most of it and like yeah. having fun talking about it. And um, we're going to do everything He's we like, can Jesus? to both preserve uh, our testosterone. Right. Jesus, Allah, Buddha, who all? Whoever. Okay. Yeah. Who's responsible because for this? Because you've all allowed this in, in within the believers of your yeah. of your religion. So. Yeah, I don't like it. I'm not okay with it. So let's keep our testosterone levels high <laughs> so we can keep having sex. And you keep your estrogen levels uh, right? high. high. I don't want yeah. Alzheimer's and I don't want freaking osteoporosis. Right. It's awful. It's it is. So we're looking for doctors to come on and talk to us, and I'm gonna um, probably just I, I want to know if this is something that you've gone through, have you experienced? Because again, you if you're a guy, you've got a mom, you've got an aunt, mm-hmm. you've got a sister, a grandmother, like someone. And I've been talking to like a lot of family members that are older. And let's just say like someone I love is like, wait, is this why my wife can't have sex with me? Like what? Mm -hmm. it's like so painful that she cries. And I was like, oh, yeah. And he goes, well, how do we fix the broken vagina? Well, you can't reverse it. Mm. That broke his heart. Like Mm -hmm. and so it's like, again, things that men need to know about, too. But I don't think that the women in my family or the people that I know that I've been asking, I don't think they know what's at stake. And we're not supposed to just push through it. 100 percent. So. Anyways, I hope this was an informative conversation for you. I think that that's what the whole point of this podcast is, is to talk about things that maybe people are uncomfortable talking about that we need to be in the loop of and in community to make sure that you feel supported. So uh, thanks for listening and take care of your vaginas and your (laughs) and your penises, I guess. (laughs) We'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review, leave your handle. And until next time, push through.